Well, how are you guys doing? Welcome over here. This episode is sponsored by Hello Fresh. And yes, we are still waiting for the counteroffensive to kick off over in Ukraine. I know. We're still making videos, though. So we're going to crank out some content for you guys because we're still just is hanging out. Oh, my God. I just realized I forgot something. One of the most important pieces to this puzzle. One, wait, one. It's kind of hard to do this operation without a, without a, um, yeah, kind of need this, don't I? Well, well, well. So this is going to be super shocking. I am an Afghan vet, as a lot of you guys may or may not know. I also went to Iraq, which was kind of like, eh, it was okay. I know a lot of our, our men died in Iraq, but it wasn't nearly as exciting for me as it was for others. I know Afghan. I know, actually, I know them both. But I actually talked about this years, two years ago. Like pretty much one of the very first, my very first podcast episodes ever was talking about the war in Afghanistan and how it was a big debacle, just big mess. But I'm going to read. Uh, read. I'm going to read some stuff that is coming out of the world right now about what's going on, which shouldn't shock anybody. It's just very strange um, that it's. I don't know. Remember, what I told you guys about ground news, and they, uh, it's easy to see left and right. Well, this is this is very very interesting because only one side of the aisle is talking about, it and the other side is definitely staying away from it as much as they possibly can. Now, veterans of the war in Afghanistan are sounding the alarm on the resurgence of the Taliban. Shocking. After the inspector general charged with the oversight of U.S. taxpayer aid to the country has told lawmakers that he could not guarantee that America is not funding terrorism. My God, who would have thought? Special injector, excuse me, Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction Project. They got a name for it, of course, an acronym. It's called Seagar. His name is John. We'll go with John. He delo- <clears throat> he delivered some testimony in front of the House Committee on the oversight and accountability. This literally, I think it was actually yesterday. Yesterday, this was about the Biden administration disastrous withdrawals. We all do know it was absolutely horrendous. If you guys, I know, I know a lot of you guys voted for Biden. You cannot tell me that was not one of the most disastrous withdrawals ever from anywhere. I know a lot of you are like, oh my God, Trump made the, the deal. That is inexcusable to the fact that who was in charge and who was the entire thing. It, it was, it was, it, it was one of the kind of things that I, I personally, it made me extremely angry because I spent a lot of time over there and the amount of stuff that I, I just, you know, I'm not even going down that path. It's just seeing the way it was handled was 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 terrible. Um, anyway, he told Congress that the Taliban fighters appear to be fat, dumb, and happy in contrast to starving Afghan children on TV, which is very true. Uh, no humanitarian aid is getting to these people who are actually inside of crisis, which shouldn't shock anybody. A very extremely corrupt country we've been giving money to ever since we left, if you guys did not know this, um, is, is not, is not sh- shelling it out to where it needs to. Shocker, right? Uh, there's also others that are saying that terror camps are operating all over Afghanistan right now, which it's apparently just at the same level it was pre-9-11. That's, that shouldn't be shocker at, at all. I told everybody, I think even the very first podcast I ever made, us withdrawing was an absolute mistake of of all mistakes. It was terrible. I know you a lot, a lot of people out here are going to disagree with me on this, and I'm going to give you some pretty factual and, and honest... Well, actually, you know, they're, they're facts. If we would still be in Afghanistan right now, just with a very small element, just as, like, oversight for the country, this wouldn't be going on for one. We've shelled out uh, nearly $2 billion in funds we left, by the way, which I'll talk about here in a second, which has been going literally to the Taliban. Literally been paying the Taliban $2 billion. Think about that for a second. If you're an honest, hardworking American taxpayer that pays taxes every year like I do, you it's kind of funny. The men that I went over there to kill, we are, we are now paying, and we've been paying $2 billion. You, you see how it would get under my skin a little bit. You know what I mean? 
If we had, if we still had one major base, not two of them, we'll say two. That's all we did. We sent men there and men and women there to do rotationals. Like it's not that big a deal. You don't have to go out and do crazy things. Just you know, make sure you 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 already cut the head off the snake once. Don't let it regrow back. And now it's already it's growing back. Now we're gonna have to deal with this later on down the road. My kids are gonna have to deal with this again. It's just it's just <sighs> politicians. I personally cannot stand them. I despise them to certain ones not all of them just certain ones i know a lot of that this is this 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 stuff get under my skin but we also had this inside of afghanistan those two bases i talked about just two of them we can also use it as a launch pad into say china or just about anywhere in the east now we have nothing now we literally have nothing over there i know that sounds crazy my god it costs the taxpayers a lot of money but guess what also costs taxpayers a lot of money the two billion dollars we sent to the taliban the last since we left like you know how stupid that is like, to me, I, don't, I, I just, I look at this, it's so stupid. Now, we sent two billions in funds that were supposed to be assisting the people of Afghanistan with food, healthcare, ag- agricultural, uh, civil society, and human rights. Apparently, we've called on lawmakers to end the this whole thing. I, I just, the State Department's uh, apparently not turning over the information that would actually allow this gentleman to conduct full oversight of more than $8 billion in U.S. funding that's made available since to 2021 in withdrawal. $8 billion worth of funding. Yes, we've sent $2 billion in U.S. aid and trusted a terrorist organization, which is very true, to do something good with it. And it, I, think, I think the problem here with, with Americans in general is they don't understand the kind of person the Taliban really is. Like, they never had to deal with him in person. So you have a bunch of politicians and people sitting in Washington. And you know what? No, for, for the fact of the matter, a lot of people that are sitting at the home, are sitting at the house right now watching this. You have no idea what kind of person that... They, they, they really are. What kind of people they are. The kind of stuff I've seen them do, cut off hands, fingers, tongues, eyes, they'll pour acid on people's faces. The stuff they'll do to the human beings is, is just, it's crazy. It really is. And I think a lot of people, voters at the, at the, here in, in Washington, just anywhere really, they just haven't had that personal experience having to deal with and seeing this stuff firsthand. It's just terrible. They're really, they're terrible people. They really are. I know we're going to talk about here later on how the Russians want to, get rid of Ukrainians off the face of the earth. But if it was going to be anybody, it's these kind of people that we want to get rid of. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Now, apparently no one's giving this guy the answers he needs and no one's speaking up where the money's actually gone. Uh, when it, with regards to us taxpayer dollars that where the Taliban's actually using it for or what they're using. It's just, just reading this. I know it's a little bit different than we normally talk about, but I, I don't want to be just touching on Ukrainian stuff. Cause I actually know quite a bit about this. I really do. Um, I spent enough time over there, to have a fair understanding of, of what these people are and what they, what their intentions are and how it's never going to change. It never is. 20 years from now, you're going to be dealing with them. They're going to be, apparently, they're going to be a lot more powerful now. If we got training camps, terror training camps all over the Afghanistan again, you're just going to have more problems. Smother it, cut the head off, and just, you're, it's, just it's just a never, I know, I get it. It sucks. We're going to have to spend a tons and tons and millions and billions of dollars to keep it. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Spend it. We're spending it on other stupid stuff anyway. May as well spend it on something that's useful. We do the whole the world the good. And a lot of the world doesn't even realize that we're, how much good we did over there. Keeping that stuff kind of smothered so it didn't expand. It's like if you guys want to do a little bit of research, go ahead and do it. Go look at what's happening on like the Philippines. Look how crazy it is down there. A lot of people don't even talk about that. Like that's, that's wild. Or the stuff that happens inside of Africa. No one even touches on that. I'm talking about the stuff that's happening right now. What is it? Sudan. A lot of people are talking about that. That 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 to me is like very very minuscule. It's not even that big of a deal. Okay, Africa's got the problems. The entire continent has its problems. 
But a lot of the stuff that happens in the middle of that country is 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 crazy. The amount of terrorist organizations that are just little cells all through there. My God, it's like a breeding zone. Um, talk about breeding zone here inside of America. Um, apparently, the Chinese. We've known this for a while. They've been setting up some some crazy stuff, but it's been revealed that there's been. Uh, this was actually just a couple days ago. I didn't even talk about this in my last episode, but two New York residents, okay, were arrested for running an illegal overseas police station out of Manhattan. Um, apparently, it's a Fujua branch of the Chinese Ministry of Public Security. Of course, it's got a really long name. Um, apparently, this report came out that they're called the uh, Safeguard Defenders, which indicates that there's a station, that this one station that was inside NYC is not the only one that's going around. There's there's apparently these overseas service stations that are operated by the Chinese Communist Party, including one that's in an undisclosed location inside of NYC and another one in L.A. Shocking, I know. The Chinese are so good, they've infiltrated here and now have their own little police stations that are spying on their people. They found some in San Francisco, Houston, Nebraska, and Minnesota. These stations are allegedly tasked on spying, or or they're tasked with spying on Chinese nationals worldwide. So instilling fear on Chinese nationals, but now they're doing it on on American soil, which is kind of crazy. You can do whatever you want inside your own country. Um, Of course, if this is true, the Chinese officials are now continuing to engage in espionage activities on U.S. soil, which is probably nothing's going to happen of it. I mean, let's just be honest with you. It's going to strain the relationship, quote unquote, uh, leading to diplomatic detentions, whatever. It, it, this is what's going to happen. So they also found there's at least four more inside the U.S. that's done up. Um, it's just, it's just, now they've also found another four overseas as well. It's just kind of, they don't name the countries where they are. They're, they're responsible for manning. The Chinese are manning these stations. The United Front Work Department is a Chinese government agency, by the way, that operates overseas. Um, it's, it's over, it over, like literally, okay. So it oversees this. It's actually, okay. So overseas, overseas. Okay. Yes. That's exactly what I mean. It like the oversight of overseas. Okay. There we go. Ethnic and religious affairs. So they set up one in NYC. Um, I read through this entire thing. Apparently the, the mayor of, of New York city, uh, went to one of their functions. It's just without even knowing what it really was. I don't know. I don't know how they're getting away with this thing, uh, especially when they kept it secret. It's clearly going to be illegal here in America. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what they're going to do. They're gonna, basically, they don't stop it. They're, the Chinese will stop at nothing. They literally will stop at nothing. But you know what? To stop at nothing, we know the Russians really, really hate Ukrainians. Like I told you guys earlier, they hate them. And, and the mindset the, that their entire population needs to be liquidated is something that we hear quite often. It's one of those kind of things where I, I, I think I've said it so much on this on this channel that it almost seems far-fetched not to be true. Нацистское государство под названием Украина в нынешнем состоянии должно быть ликвидировано. Это просто не обсуждает, потому что если хоть один человек из него останется после нашей победы, хоть один институт из ныне существующих останется после нашей победы, значит, это будет то же самое государство. Его не должно быть, как нацистскую Германию после разгрома Гитлера, говоря, что советскими войсками ликвидировали. I get it. We haven't heard this kind of talk since World War II. When we had Hitler and the concentration... Actually, no, nobody watching this channel right now, I, I, would, I would put all my money on it. There's not a single person on this... this that's watching right now. I, would, I don't want to say that, I guess. I would say there's a 99.99% chance that a, not a single one of you who's watching this was alive when Hitler was speaking and doing what he's doing. But that's the same kind of talk we've heard back then, or we heard back then. All I, all I know is recordings, of course. 
of concentration champs and getting rid of them and, and this kind of stuff. The fact that Russians cannot comprehend what they're saying and how they sound like this uh, while they're saying this is really astounding. You guys think about it. It's kind of crazy. Like when you, when, when you say this kind of stuff out loud, look inside the mirror. Like it's kind of, it's just, <sighs> God, we know the counteroffensive hasn't happened. Okay. Maybe it's going to take another month. Maybe it's going to take another week. Maybe it's going to take two days. I have no idea. No one really does. What I do know is that the Russians are planning for their future in like more of an attempt to plan ahead, I guess you'd say, on, on bringing in more men, recruiting more men. It's definitely men. They're not going after women. They don't really apparently care about women inside of uh, Russia uh, getting into the ranks of their military. But I will say one thing they should be worried about is the fact that the men that they're calling for they need to reproduce. I know this is going to sound really crazy, but without reproduction, you don't really have anything 20 years from now. But they're not really worried about it. They have a very short-sighted mindset. В рядах участников спецоперации много тех, кто выбрал военную службу по контракту. Принимая решение, человек осознает, как связаны с ним тяготы, лишения, опасности, так и стимулы со стороны государства для самого себя и для своей семьи. Больше информации для этого по короткому телефонному номеру 117 или по QR-коду. Ссылки на сайт, где перечислены пять шагов к началу контрактной службы. Я обращаюсь ко всем достойным мужчинам нашей большой-большой страны. Я приглашаю на контрактную службу в вооруженных силах Российской Федерации. Здесь вы сможете обрести себя как настоящие мужики, найти достойную зарплату, реализовать все свои мечты и желания, которые у вас были в детстве. Жду вас. Они уже в пути, и пусть не на всяком сборном пункте бойцов провожает оркестр, все же прощание славянки, благодаря тыловой пока смекалке, они услышали. Кирилл Бранин, Артем Тихонов, Мария Мартанова, Анастасия Слободенюк, Вероника Ильвудченкова, Игорь Казаченко и Александр Аноничев. Первый канал. I keep seeing these type of videos over and over and over again. I seen I seen this one last week. I think I showed you guys some of the the ones that were coming through for the Russian outlets for the most part, pushing the fact that if you are a man, then you need to sign up. Like I, I'm sure it's got to be working somewhat, like to some degree. Um, I don't know these recruitment videos. I think it's going to get a lot of people fired up. A little bit about maybe possibly going into Ukraine because they're like, hey, look, if you're not a man, if you're not fighting, what are you doing with your life? Военнослужащие по контракту получают региональные меры поддержки, статус ветерана боевых действий, освобождение от земельного налога, компенсацию оплат услуг ЖКХ, путевки в санаторий, отпуск два раза в год и другие льготы от государства. Здесь все по-честному. Служи по контракту. So as you just saw, those, those, those two videos, they're literally doing everything in their power to make sure they don't have to have another round of mobilization because I don't think the first one went as well as they could have planned. It probably went pretty terribly. I like the fact that they made sure to let their military age males know they are pansies if they don't sign up, which to me is kind of funny.
So they're looking at everybody. It's it's also kind of ironic because you have the same military age males who are on the news networks who are talking daily about this kind of stuff, and you're like, hold on a sec, shouldn't you be fighting then? It's kind of kind of weird, right? But I like how they use like the average day guy, like with his security wand at a. Apparently, they have security wands at a, a grocery store, which was kind of strange. But you know, what I mean, I get the point. So taxi driver, whatever Uber driver. I guess they probably don't have Uber over there right now, but you get what I mean. All right, now HelloFresh. All right, so it's going to take the hassle out of mealtime prepping this spring by delivering you guys pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-prepare recipes right to your door. So skip the checkout lines and get outside in the warm weather because HelloFresh has dinner covered. Good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh has pre-portioned ingredients cut down to your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping. That's insane. 23% is that's a huge number, which is good for your wallet and for the planet. So looking for more ways to save this spring, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. 25% cheaper than takeout. If you guys are looking to impress your lady friend or your boyfriend or whatever it is, I don't care. Check this out. You can be like, hey, guess what? Come over. I got dinner made. Spend less time in the kitchen with cooking easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos or falafels, whichever, or Power Bowls, whatever. It, makes, it literally takes 15 minutes or less. Now, my wife loves them for the fact that everything is pre-packaged, pre-portioned, pre-everything for her. She dumps, she follows the instructions. Let's be honest, my wife is Hispanic. She does not follow the instructions. She does cooks, but it turns out phenomenal. If you guys are brand new to cooking or trying to learn, this is probably the best way for you guys to do it because everything is really just delivered straight to you. All you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com forward slash speak the truth 50. So all you have to do is go to HelloFresh.com forward slash Speak the Truth 50 and use promo code Speak the Truth 50 for 50% off plus your first box ships for free. Yes, that is right. HelloFresh.com forward slash Speak the Truth 50 and use promo code Speak the Truth 50 for 50% off plus your first box ships for free. It's that easy. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. Go check it out. HelloFresh.com forward slash Speak the Truth 50 and use promo code Speak the Truth 50 for 50% off your first purchase plus. Hey, guess what? It ships for free to your house. So check them out the link very top of the description. And I know I share a lot of intercepted calls for y'all on this channel. And the one I'm about to share with you guys, well, for the most part, they're always like Russians talking to their spouses or wives or husbands or whatever it is. They're always talking to you know, maybe a buddy. Now, this one takes the cake for worst piece of propaganda ever published. And I want you guys to go into it knowing it is literally supposed to be a wiretop recording of an American troop inside of Ukraine talking with Ukrainian troops. Brandish Rutas gives the wrong coordinates. They can't fucking determine it to work us. Guys, sir, are fucking dying. Have been showing us for several hours. Guys are dying. We can't evacuate them. It's just fuck up. We don't even shoot back. Tell me coordinates. Right down. Four seven point. Three six one eight six one three thirty four point. Seven six three seven two four eight. I repeat, it's not them. Who the hell knows? Let's check. Ukrainians can't fucking do anything. They would have died long ago without us. Tell those bastards, I killed them. Now, I don't think it takes a genius to figure out that those accents seem just a tad bit off. And maybe they should have paid a bit more for an actor with an accent to come on and speak that didn't sound like it was a Russian that just learned English. But that's just me. That's just me. Now, we haven't done very much Russian propaganda, by the way, over the last month or so, and I kind of enjoy doing them. So we're going to go and take another look at today's, well, in today's video of one, and we're starting with a guy. And this guy, 
has a he has a hard time breathing. He kind of reminds me of one of those dogs. It's one of those dogs that like they they sleep wrong or they I don't remember the, the French bulldogs. He kind of reminds me of a French bulldog. Has a hard time to breathe, and he's always mad. God bless, he is always mad. Знаете, историю обязательно надо знать, ей надо руководствоваться, ей, наверное, надо гордиться. А у нас, к сожалению, почему-то, ну, когда фильм про Петра Первого сняли, то мы Петра всегда вспоминаем. А все остальные, Иван Грозный, сына убил, Екатерина, блуд впала, Ленин там, понятно, революцию совершил, Сталин деспот, Хрущев ботинком стучал, ну, сейчас еще мы Крым радостно присобачили. При Брежневе застой, ну и так далее, и тому подобное. Я в застой жил. Я бы еще пожил в застой. Я знаю, что это такое. Это великое счастье было. All right, so that little nugget right there reminds me of some Soviet talk we'd love to hear. Now, it kind of sounds to me like a mix of like North Korea as well. We'll go ahead and you know, read the exact definition for him of, of stagnation. Just going to throw this out there. Lack of activity and growth and development. Okay, that doesn't sound too pleasant, but uh, a period of economic stagnation is what I think he's talking about maybe i can't really fathom how that leads to great happiness but he's like all right we got stagnation coming i grew up during it i loved it i came up man i'm a big man look at me i love my i don't even know i, I don't really I, to, to me being financially stable is great it's, a, it's an amazing feeling i've been unstable which is extremely stressful and something i never want to be forced to have to deal with ever again nobody no one wants to be like it's, it's terrible это то что касаемо этого сегодня Предельно понятно, что проект Украины, он закроется. И когда мы вот сегодня говорим с военной точки зрения, там, про контрнаступление, про все эти вопли, вот, я не согласен, что сегодня эти действия ведутся только на территории Украины. А информационная война глобальная? Ведь война давно вышла за рамки только вооруженного конфликта. Глобальная. Она проводится на всей территории земного шара, в том числе по всей территории Российской Федерации. И не надо недооценивать возможности противника. Там порядка миллиона мобилизованных по всему фронту, в том числе и на белорусском направлении, в том числе и у них полностью прикрыты все основные города, в том числе территориальной обороны. Это все существует. И оружие им Запад поставляет. В чем смысл Запада? Для них контрнаступление важно в том плане, чтобы склонить Российскую Федерацию уйти на унизительных условиях. Они даже готовы Донбасс оставить и Крым, лишь бы буферное государство, крайне враждебно настроенное Россией под названием Украина, осталось в любом варианте. Now I want to actually touch on this before moving on because I, I have been talking about a, uh, excuse me, I've been talking with a guy who just lost his eye a few weeks ago inside of Ukraine taking a 40 mic mic round inside of a a, a, a trench, which I think I showed you guys maybe a possible piece of it, maybe I didn't. He's making his way back to the States right now. And thankfully for us, he's going to be coming on to tell a story with you all. It's, kind of, it's going to be a nuts story. Um, I saw the video. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I mean, it's not good. It's, it's, it's good as in, like, he has giant things dangling between his legs. Kind of good. Um, anyway, uh, we're discussing the fact that America is... We were discussing the fact that America is losing its faith inside the war inside of Ukraine. He can kind of agree as well with me on that. He even admitted that Ukrainian military wouldn't last... A day without our support here in America. We all could agree on this. Every single one of us can. You know, he, he did bring up a very good point, though. Because I was like, okay, so what happens if counterfeits and happen? What happens to this? He brought up a good point. I think we could see like a DMZ inside of Ukraine like we did inside of North and South Korea. In between that weird blind of Korea. You know what I mean? I think we could see something like that. Uh, I don't really think we could see like a World War thing break out. I don't think that's 
like the case. I, I think the DMZ kind of, it's a win for both sides because both sides can admit they didn't lose. And it wouldn't be as bad of a look for American politicians who have literally spent so much money on aid in Ukraine. They're like, all right, good. We, we amounted to something. There's now a DMZ. Nobody can cross this line. Okay, good job. Не написано, что нам надо денацифицировать часть Донбасса, Луганщины, ну и так далее, тому подобное. Там стоит четкая задача денацифицировать и демилитаризовать всю территорию Украины. И сегодня, когда мы сидим в активной обороне, а частью сил в том числе и наступаем, и вагнеровцами, и смежными частями, которые работают на флангах, и под Авдеевкой имеем успех, Вы знаете, я так скажу, что на сегодняшний день мы выполняем те задачи, которые нам позволяют на сегодняшний день выполнить наш оборонно-промышленный комплекс. Заводы сегодня работают не просто 24 на 7. Я вот сейчас был на НПО «Поиск». Это серьезнейшее предприятие, находящееся of the eastern side of the country, Russians have been, well, they would be really struggling. Like, really bad. Есть уверенность в том, что наши войска будут насыщены всем тем необходимым для того, чтобы уже создать серьезные ударные группировки и идти дальше вперед не тактическими успехами, как, к примеру, в Артемовске. В политической плоскости это стратегический успех. Военный это тактический. И тогда уже можно будет спокойно планировать и рисовать стрелы рассекающими, охватывающими ударами, блокируя, окружая, уничтожая группировки противника. Причем мы сегодня смотрим на поставку оружия Запада. И я могу откровенно сказать, что усилия нашего правительства, нашего президента по переводе оборонно-промышленного комплекса в усиленный режим, он дал свои результаты. Мы очень неплохо опережаем тех ребят, которые когда-то недавно были так называемыми нашими партнерами. И ну, просто нужно время на все это. Сегодня самый главный момент – не торопиться. Не торопиться, дать нашей промышленности до конца развернуться, насытить наши вооруженные силы. Потому что чисто вот тот момент, который есть по контрнаступлению, я думаю, мы вполне в состоянии его отразить, но победа достигается только наступлением. И посещение командных пунктов наших войск верховным главнокомандующим И он досконально знает обстановку. Сегодня он руководит лично специальной военной операцией. И в этом залог нашего успеха. Понял. All right. So, like I said over the last, I think like three months ago, the Russians needed time. And it seems that time may have been on the shine. They may have got it up. My God, I just yawned. That was weird. They may have gotten enough to make things actually happen. We all know this this, this pause in fighting was, was going to be in their favor. And I didn't honestly believe we were going to be sitting here in, in the middle of April thinking, oh my God, the, the counteroffensive could start tomorrow. I thought we had already been two weeks deep, three weeks deep into this thing. Like, I thought we've already seen something take place by now. But it's not. I guess I, I, maybe, maybe this is Ukraine's last big hoorah. And to get the country back and to deal the final blow to the Russians to get them out of Ukraine. I could be wrong, though. I really could, couldn't I? I, I mean, 100%. All of you guys are waiting for me to show you some mapping. Well, guess what? Nothing's really changed. Literally, maybe a couple streets back and forth. I had one guy claim that the Ukrainians went on a counteroffensive over the last 24 hours and took back 
two streets inside of Bachmont. Now they lost them. There's no reason to give you guys a mapping update on two streets because by the end of this episode, 30 Russians and Ukrainians have died and one street has been taken for all I know. I have no idea. No one does. Well, someone does, but clearly or surely isn't me. Well, I do love you guys. I will catch you guys on another episode. We'll be back at it again tomorrow.